Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hey, y'all, and thank you so much for tuning back into another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me in the hot seat is Sam Mitchell, and here is a bit about Sam. Sam runs his own podcast called Autism Rocks and Rolls. It has grown over the last year and has become very, very successful. Sam has gained several sponsors, and this has boosted his mission and business exponentially. He is nearing 6K downloads. He has had some of the big names on his show as far as Armani Williams, first NASCAR driver, open about autism, American Idol rocker James Durbin, who has autism and Tourette's, and his biggest guest of all was Dr. Temple Grandin, professor in animal science at Colorado State University and autism activist. Um, and then he recently had actress Sarah Tomko on his show, as well as some others, but we'll get into that later on. Sam is, um, has a mission to take the stigma off of autism and show people that he is not broken, therefore embracing autism. His hard work, motivation, and passion led him to creating his own successful podcast and business. All with autism. Sam is not ashamed and wants to be a voice for those with autism or other disabilities. His podcast is helping him change the world just a little bit at a time. Sam, at the end of the day, wants to be the voice of those who do not have one. So without further ado, let's welcome Sam Mitchell. Hey, thanks for that, Warman proper introduction and yes i'm excited because i had pro wrestler raven on today so maybe the next episode and he wrestled in ecw and wcw and wwe and i was a great guy and really excited he has his styronic and narcissistic personality disorder so it fit in my show really well well thank you so much sam and congratulations for having raven on your show today and I know you're very passionate about, you know, being openly um, an autistic advocate and also supporting other people within the autism space. So what was it like growing up as a child and just going through high school and et cetera? It was some tough, t- it was some tough times through life. I mean, everyone had tough times. It was going through hard times with the ideal, the typical excluding the stereotypes, but the hard part for me was people had enough respect for me, but I feel like they, I feel like they didn't like me, as they say, because they wouldn't make the time for me. They were so busy with life that no one took no one took the time for me. And if there's someone out there right now who's like that, believe me, I understand. I was once upon a time that person who felt like the world didn't have time for, but I had to make it, and I was tired of doing that. And I guess the bear finally roared, and he decide to make a difference. So Sam, um, just going from high school and you really stepping outside of that mold in your comfort zone and really letting that bear roar 
and come into your amazing success that you have now. Um, who was your biggest inspiration and supporter along this journey? Uh, probably family, any family member you can think of. That's probably the biggest one, but I have mentors as well. I have Scott Carmichael. He's a school board member, but he's helped me a lot through life. And I also have Skip Bailey, who did an internship with me. And I was very pleased to know that it went well. But I still keep in contact with them, and they're just great people as a whole. Do you have any siblings, Sam? Heck no, I'm keeping it that way. <laughs> no, why are you keeping it that way? Because I want, this is going to sound awful. I want the, I want the attention all on me. Really? Okay. So I know your mom, Miss Gina is very much involved in your life. So how is it working with your mom? Cause I know whenever I had reached out to you to have you on the show, I was like, wait, I thought I was talking to Sam and she's like, no, this is Gina. Yeah. I was trying, I want to clarify. I figured that might happen. So with her working with me, I, it's great most days. But then there's only killer, obviously. But for the most part, it's really well. And uh, to be honest with you, I wouldn't trust anyone else to work with me 100%. There are certain people who I trust more than others. And I have really bad trust issues. I don't trust anyone 100%, never have. But she's the person I trust the closest. And I trust her 99.9. And is your dad involved in your life, Sam? Yeah, he's involved in my life, maybe not as much the podcasting, but involved with my life. Yeah, he supports me and it just just does what he needs to do. And we all look out for each other as a family and I'm happy to have one. And at the end of the day, we, we just have fun together as a family. We go, sometimes we'll fish, sometimes we'll do something outdoorsy. It's a good, good life. That's amazing. And with autism, what are some of the uh, myths that you want to bust to tell people this is a negative stigma, but this is not how you should see people who have autism or treat them any certain way? Because, you know, with with autism, sometimes people feel like, oh, you're on this part of the spectrum or you're on this other end of the spectrum. And they begin to put you in these categories and buckets, but you're more than just a category. You're a human being and you have feelings, you have rights just as much as someone else. And you are absolutely 100% correct. But I mean, I just, I've had a deal with it, as I said, throughout my whole entire life. And that's why I started the podcast. Mm-hmm. Did you face any challenges whenever you were starting your pod, um, podcast? Um, starting it up and trying to figure out, learn the technology and figure out as a feeling if we're going to make it grow or not as a business. And it turned in and it turned to a business unexpectedly because after, as you said, we got spot after the sponsors came, it just blew and turned to the business unexpectedly with now we have a board of five members. So that's what it is. Wow. It's really exciting, but um, overwhelming at times. Congratulations on the sponsors. I definitely want to spend some time talking about the sponsors if I can, and then we'll dive into the other passionate um, parts that 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 drive you like you like to talk about ADHD and mental health and I think that's important to highlight as you know we're currently in mental health awareness month and I definitely want to shine some light on it but we're going to dive into sponsorships right now so 
how did you feel when you secured your first sponsor and what was that like pitching for sponsors? Excited and confused because at the time, I mean, I'm at the time of me, the first sponsor, I didn't know what the heck a sponsor was. I mean, I've heard of it here and there, but I was wondering, what does it mean? What do they do? And then I learned more about it and I actually got excited because I learned that they were going to do much more for me than I ever imagined. And then that's how I felt really when I got my first sponsor. But after more came, came popping in, it was really exciting. And to be honest with you, I was really surprised about how much people wanted to hop on the bandwagon. I expected to get, you know, five sponsors. I think I counted and I think I have 10 or more. Wow, that is impressive, Sam. Um, are you allowed to name some, who some of your sponsors are? Yeah, I can name okay. them for you. Yeah, uh, sure. We have my first one. I probably should highlight them big time. Wellspring Paint Solutions in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, I also have Chenier Consulting LLC in Maryland. JDS Creative Academy in California. I also have... Um, Living Well Home Care in Mitchell, Indiana. I also have Hands and Autism in Indianapolis, Indiana through Riley. And let's see, I'm trying to think of one more for you. Uh, Blue Boy Chocolate Shop in Bloomington, Indiana. Ooh, chocolate. So do you, uh, with the chocolate one, that one kind of got my attention there, as well as the other ones. They sound like incredible businesses. Did you get to try the chocolates or like in what capacity do they? No, <laughs> I have a peanut allergy. I can't try, cho- I can't try the chocolate just really safe it's just cross-contamination and they may maybe in a factory that consists of the peanuts so i would but it's just not guaranteed so you can't know oh okay and congratulations you are doing some incredible work if i may say so myself and it is hard to get sponsors but i'm just so proud that you have um 10 i think you said 10 or more right yeah if, if i remember correctly i mean when I counted, it looked like 10 more, so. <laughs> Amazing. Now, let's jump into ADHD and um, mental health as a whole. So why did, why is ADHD so important to you, Sam? I also have it as well, and it kind of goes with the autism as well because it was, the ADHD sometimes is a kicker because I am very bad at um, multitasking and very at certain time frames, so I kind of get distracted easily a lot of squirrel moments you could say so i get sidetracked too when i'm working on something some pops in the head it's like uh-oh i'm not worrying about that anymore i gotta worry about this so it's not really anymore i have to worry about it now or i feel like it will never get done feeling what are some of the ways that you um, manage and mitigate your ADHD? Because I know there are natural remedies. There is Big Pharma that pushes ADHD medications. And then there are some people who just say, you know what? I don't want to be taking the medication. I want to mitigate it and manage it by using natural modalities and remedies. Right. So I take Adderall, but I still get certain behaviors. For example, not when I'm being interviewed like this, but when I do interviews with certain celebrities, I don't know why, I don't know if it's just OCD or just a Tourette, but I um, rub my legs. Like, like, so. I do that. Is that more like a calming and coping mechanism? Like rubbing, rubbing your leg? Yeah, I think so. I don't realize I do it. That was the funny part. I just realized that when I interviewed Raven today, that's when I realized I did it. Oh, 
okay. And because and- I'm when I was talking, I looked down at my questions and I was around my line, I was looking at myself like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe you were you were nervous to have Raven on your show because maybe you've seen all the incredible work and stuff that he's done? No. No, no I do not get nervous. I don't think I do at least. It doesn't seem like it. I just treat everyone the same as if they were a celebrity themselves. I, the way I talk to you is the same way I talk to Raven. Okay, fair enough. And I, I have the same sentiment, just because they may be a celebrity in a different socioeconomic status, different tax bracket does not mean that they should be put on a pedestal when they're human beings, just like the rest of us. We're just having an open, fluid conversation is um, what I like to say. And it's definitely what, you know, woos and wows people over. So when you think about um, mental health as a whole, you know, we're in mental health awareness month currently. What are some of the ways that you want to educate the people on mental health because there's so many negative stigmas around mental health where some people don't want to talk about it because they don't want to be labeled or they feel like it's a sign of weakness when in actuality having friends who have had mental health breakdowns and myself who went through a depression in high school from being bullied I definitely feel like we need to shine more light on mental health awareness. And yes, it's great that we have a month, but it should be talked about year year round. Oh yeah, hands down about that. But the reason why I'm so important to me, not I'm important, but mental health is important, is I've went through it. Yeah, in my life I was depressed. Yeah, in my life I've been anxious. I mean, I've dealt with all the anxiety, the depression certain mental health behaviors and to me what's bothering me is you think these go to these mental institutions and to me sometimes they're treated like animals and i haven't been in one but from what i've seen and heard they're treated like animals and they're not animals they're human beings at the end of the day a and b just because you're mentally sick does not mean you're not physically or mentally talented absolutely and i could agree with the animal part of the statement not that i've seen all of them but here in texas whenever i was a psychology major for two years sometimes you are um tasked with learning more stuff about mental health or you may be tasked with going to a facility or etc and just the way that some of the people are treated within the facility like you can't have certain objects because they feel like you could be a harm to yourself or other people some people are in the stray jackets other people are walking like zombies because they're pumping them up with so much medication that okay one medication may give a side effect that side effect turns into something else and before you know it you know those um, medications do have long-lasting effects on that individual. Some of them even cause their hair to fall out, their teeth to get really shaky and brittle and come out. Um, so many other forms around it. And sometimes when people see that, it makes them not want to talk about it because people may not realize that dealing with grief can cause you to have a mental breakdown if you don't deal with grief in a copious way that um, gets you out of that tunnel. Right. And there's an example of that. Do you, have you heard the song, um, Whiskey Lullaby? I have not. Who's it by? Brad Paisley. Mm-mm, I have not. I'll have to uh, I, watched, I listened to that as a child and I cried all the time when I, that when I was a child. So that was, I didn't get sad a lot as a child, but that was the one song that did it for me. But if you watch the video, oh my God, it shows that to your point to a T. I think the guy basically 
just kept drinking because he was so upset about the love of his life dying. Yeah, and it's so hard. Like, I lost my dad. It'll be two years this November, and my dad passed. Um, I'm very sorry for your loss, but continue. Thank you. He passed eight days after having a surgical procedure. Um, my dad got paralyzed from the waist down three days after being in the hospital going in um, in May in the height of the pandemic. And then he passed in November, November 25th to be exact, um, the day before Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving was one of our favorite holidays. And I was hands down a daddy girl. And, you know, I was spiraling down. I'm going to be honest, because I was like, I lost my dad. I lost my best friend. Like, oh my gosh. And sometimes people will tell you, oh, I know how you feel. I'm like, you can't possibly know how I feel if both of your parents are living. Like, have you lost a parent? No. So you can't say, I know how you feel. And that caused me to just really just spiral y'all. And if it wasn't for this podcast and me starting this journey, I don't know where I would be. Or And I think my lucky stars, I think God, the universe, or whoever you believe in to for pulling me out of that darkness and that pit. Cause that's where I was heading. Right. I don't know. I'd be with this podcast too. I think I may be in doomsday. I think these days, if I didn't have the podcast, nor did I finally decide to make the change of being much more of a kind person in sophomore year to where I just had to get there. Or I just knew it would just be a really bad part in the French, but a shit show. Mm-hmm. And music, music is like my therapy. I don't know what some of your uh, therapeutic vices are, Sam. But mine is too. Music is mine too. Yeah. And there's this one song that says, live like you were dying. Have you heard that song? Live like you were dying. No, but I'll check it out. Can you tell me who the artist is? So it's a country Western song. Um, I think I want to say it's Tim McGraw, but let me just, yeah, Tim McGraw. Okay, live like you live like you die. Okay, yeah, I'll check it out. And one one of the lyrics I want to say before we wind down is, um, I'm just going to read a stanza because I think it pertains because we're all we've all dealt with mental health, whether we dealt with it on in an adverse form or we dealt with it in a major form. And here are the lyrics um, part of it. It says. He said, I was in my early 40s with a, with a lot of life before me when a moment came that stopped me on a dime. I spent most of the next days looking at the x-rays and talking about the options and talking about sweet time. I asked him when it sank in that this might really be the real and how's it hit you when you get that kind of news? Man, what would you do? And he said, I went skydiving, I went Rocky Mountain climbing, I went 2.7 seconds on a bull name from a chew, and I loved deeper, and I spoke sweeter, and I gave forgiveness I'd been denying. And he said, someday I hope you get the chance to live like you were dying. And the last part is, He said, I was finally the husband that most of the time I wasn't, and I became a friend a friend would like to have, and all of a sudden, going fishing wasn't such an imposition, and I went three times that year, I lost my dad. Well, I finally read the good book, and I took a good, long, hard look. 
at what I do if I could do it all again and then, and I'm going to leave it there because I feel like sometimes life rocks you at its core. Sometimes life knocks you to your knees. Sometimes life gives you the highs and lows. Sometimes life is a hell of a ride, that roller coaster. And sometimes life is not fair. And you go through those dark seasons, but then the light comes. But what do you do when you get the news or you get that label or you get something that is just gut-wrenching? How do you feel? You want me to go ahead? Yeah. Well, okay. Well, first of all, I think that was more than one stanza. I'm, that's just my opinion. But anyway. Yeah, it was. It was. I, I had to read a little bit more just to put it in context. Got it. But, um, well, what do you do? I mean, I, I'm old school, but what I've learned, it's going to sound awful. But basically, you, just, you shut up and you move on. But let me explain that a little bit better. So what I've learned is, and this is the unfortunate part, but I guess I came to accept it because there are certain things in life that you have to accept. One part of life that I've had to accept is death is inevitable. I mean, it will be one day. I mean, I know we're, I'm going to die one day. You know you're going to die one day. I know I'm probably going to lose people. But what I try to do with that is I just remember the better times that I've had. I mean, I never cried at a funeral. It's not because I don't want to. Because it's an emotion I don't know what to do with. But also, I just, in my eyes, I just look at the pictures and look at the times, the television screen. Or look at the pictures that are hanging on the wall and just reflect on what best, what were the better times then. And I don't even remember that I'm at a funeral half the time when I do that. Thank you. For so sure. I know I sound like an old grunchy, old grunchy, old grouchy grandfather when I say that. But when, but I just learned it's part of life, fam. There's nothing we can do about it, as harsh as it sounds. I mean, I apologize if I came too harsh, but I'm just stating the truth. Yeah, I think um, what you just said kind of remind me of what my husband says. He's like, we live to die. We're born to die. We're all going to do it someday. But I think everyone has their own uh, realization when it comes to death. And sometimes people are afraid of dying. And oftentimes people are not prepared for, you know, the afterlife. And this is going to sound morbid. I am um, in my 30s. And the other day, this week, I went to a cremation service just to know information because I know what it's like to bury someone because I buried my dad not that long ago, but then also cremation. And, you know, I tried to invite some of my friends and no one came. They said, oh, we don't do that. We're not going to go with that. And I was like, sometimes it's good to plan just ahead so your family isn't left with the burden. And I want to say that because, you know, death can really affect your mental health and your stability and clarity, especially based on the relationship you had with that person. But um, as we jump into our call to action, Sam, is there anything else you want to say about autism rocks and rolls or some of the work that you're doing in the autism space and with Well, in retrospect, my opinion is with the mental health and with autism, what we should be doing these days is not ignoring it, but looking at it. We need to see that it exists. I'm not saying you have to be well and educated on it, like me, I think you should have some education, but you don't have to be like the big expert on autism. No, 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 no. I'm a lifelong learner, man. I don't know anything about autism. I learned about historic and narcissistic personality disorder. I didn't even know about those two until today, to be honest with you. I've heard it here and there, but 
I like in depth learn about it until today. So that's my point with that point. But what I think we need to do is just look look on look at the bigger picture. I know this sounds cliche, but if they're walking like zombies, you gotta understand they're not doing it because they want it. They don't want to be no, 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 no. They do it because they can't help it. And you know, I'm not gonna bash the mental health institutions fully. I think it's and it's good in some cases. It really has. I've known people who've walked out of it and have felt better. But some of these negative stigmas like the straight jackets, get rid of them. Again, they're not animals. Absolutely. And thank you for adding your value there, Sam. And let's jump into the call to action part of the segment. What is something that you want the audience to walk away with? And feel free to plug your website, uh, where you primarily hang out on social media and how the audience can connect with you to learn more about the work that you're doing. Okay, yeah, sure. So with um, the promotion part is you can find me on my website, autismrocksmills.com. If you look at the front page, it has a link of where you can find me, but I also has anything else you need on there. And I'm pretty sure I'm on your favorite media platform. So if you think I'm there, I'm there highly likely. And this call to action with the mental health and autism, as I said earlier, understand the existence of it, really, because understand because I have a sensory meltdown because the basketball buzzers went off doesn't mean I'm having a full-blown tantrum because I'm not sitting in my favorite seat. No, it's not that at all because I hate those I hate those stupid buzzers. Or And I'll honestly understand this because I don't wear jeans because of the butt pockets. It's not that I don't want to wear blue jeans because I – because I've never dressed up nice, it's not the fact that I don't want to. It's the fact that it's just too uncomfortable. I mean, for example, I've learned that a regular tie for me doesn't work. It's too much of a distraction, and it chokes me out too much, I feel like. And, I mean, you have the power and acceptance of tolerating it, which I hope to do one day maybe. But instead of doing that, wear a bow tie for me. So instead of looking at me like, God, he's wearing a bow tie? What's wrong with this kid? We're supposed to wear regular ties. Just see that, hey, I want to wear a regular tie, but there's some certain situations in life that I cannot do, and I'm being realistic. I cannot wear a regular tie. So you want me to wear a tie or not? Because you're either going to get a tie or a bow, t- uh, bow tie or no tie. <laughs> Love it. And thank you so much, Sam. All of your contact information will be in the show notes for the audience to connect with you. Audience, I want to encourage you to like, comment, and subscribe. We're found on 40-plus platforms. You could also see all things video by finding us on YouTube by typing in at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly but not least, I want to thank each one of you for tuning in on a regular basis to support the guests that I bring on to the platform as well as myself. Because of you and your support, we're ranked in the top 2.5% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts for www dot listennotes.com so until next time peace love and lots of blessings have yourself an amazing day signing out miss genesis amars kemp and sam mitchell thank you for listening to another segment of gems podcast hope you enjoyed this recording make sure you like comment share and subscribe to gems podcast on your audio platform as well as our YouTube channel, Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at 
gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.